The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Peyton Chatagnier, Ole Miss baseball second baseman. He's in the Cape Cod League with the Orleans Firebirds. He's going to be there all summer. He's hit six home runs already, leads the team, and a little bit more pop. And he's coming up in just a little bit, talking about the return of Tim Elko and Kevin Graham and Justin Bench for an Ole Miss offense that on paper now officially should be one of the very best in the country. Other stuff to talk about, we'll get to it. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? What you been up to, man? Not a whole lot, just every day and working, working on some softball with the girls, doing a little work. Um, you know, the, the July, July is a, um, Slow. no, um, no sports hardly going on. I mean, it's just kind of like you come home and it's like, all right, swimming pool or play outside, like for the kids. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. And for me, I wake up every day trying to pull something out of my butt to throw up on the website. This is supposed to be the slow time to take a breath. Take a step back because you don't do it now in this job. You won't be doing it anytime this year. So take a step back, pull something out of my butt, then go play golf and go play it poorly. So you could come over here and play golf with your friend, but you just refuse to be friends. So that's whatever. No, we can do it. Let's set it up one day. We need to do a, um, yeah, we'll, we'll set it up and we'll announce when we're going to do it. And then we'll announce the scores. You know what we really need to do? They've been holding golf tournaments at Oaks and the Leroy's this weekend 
and it's a big golf tournament. It's the big golf tournament. Well, obviously, it's already filled up or whatever. But the next time there's a big scramble at Oaks that could win me some money, will you agree to come be my partner and win me money? Yeah, I, I will, but it depends on what kind of scramble. If it's a two-man scramble, it's usually better because you actually are keeping each other's score. But if it's a four-man scramble, usually the one with the best eraser wins those. Those are tough to, tough to win. Just promise me that you'll be my ringer because I'm not going to slow you down. That's what I am now. I'm a golfer that doesn't slow you down. In a couple of shots, you're going to go, dang, Ben, that's pretty good. That's what I am now. So all I need is you to come in, drive greens, and we'll be fine. I'm putting like a yeah. madman right now. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just let me know, man. I'll practice a little bit before and we'll, we'll, we'll kick some ass. Okay, every single one of you listening right now, you heard that. You got to hold him to it. When I come on this podcast next time and say, hey, man, this is the tournament. I'm signing us up. And he says no, we all get to tar and feather him on the square. That's what we get to do. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, like I said, Ole Miss baseball got some good news. It sucks for Tim Elko. He didn't get drafted in the 2021 MLB draft. That did surprise me. But like I mentioned the other day when we recorded, teams didn't have to take the risk of going for a guy like Tim that otherwise had he been completely healthy, gone from four to about 12 easily and signed for a pretty good number. There was a bigger pool this year because COVID made it five round draft last year, not to mention Tim's injury and all that kind of stuff. So he comes back. I hate it for him. I wanted him to get the draft position that he wanted, but he comes back. Kevin Graham is back. Justin Bench is back. They've announced officially that they're coming back. So now that you know that, Cody Adcock has entered the portal, so that's one less rotation arm candidate. Not to think that he was necessarily one of the top candidates, but you know John Gaddis is going to be in there in the weekend rotation, probably. Derek Diamond, probably. Jack Doherty. Maybe Jack Doherty is the next Will Etheridge. That's what me and Colin Brister have been talking about via text for the last couple of days. If Jack Doherty could just be Will Etheridge. Will Etheridge was a six-round pick for the Colorado Rockies. He's a really good pitcher. I don't want to in any way diminish how good Will Etheridge was, but he wasn't one of the very best Friday night stars Ole Miss has ever had. And it's not like Ole Miss needs that because they're running it back with this offense. And Brad, this offense, we've seen it across college baseball. We saw it this year with Arizona and other teams as well. Offensively, you can hit your way to Omaha. And it's not like Ole Miss is just going to be an absolute dumpster fire with his pitching staff either. Yeah, I think that that's that's a fair point to make. You, you know, the the offense, I mean, it's just going to be a different different type of team this year. I mean, I think that this coming into the year, you were thinking like, hey, we have a you know two potential first-round picks. One ended up being a first-round, one ended up being a second-round. Hey, man, this is, our, our pitching rotation is what's going to get us to Omaha. Well, I think it's fair to say it's a complete opposite this year. I, I think we need to get to where we're serviceable on the mound some kind of way, which Ole Miss baseball always you know, seems to seems to figure it out. Even in the years when you when you go into the year with no expectation, we you end up leaving going, "Hey, man, this guy ended up being better than everybody thought." And maybe you have a surprise pitcher or two. But yeah, this is certainly going to be a team that um, that's going to have to if they go to Omaha, it's going to totally be with the bats this year. Well, let's think about it this way: looking ahead to 2021-22, baseball, basketball, football. We now know what the rosters are. Well, football could change. Maybe they add another transfer because that stuff doesn't end now until school starts. But let's think about right now the current rosters, assuming that they stay the same with football. We know what baseball is going to be. Maybe they add a transfer pitcher or two. I doubt it. I've heard there's not many good options in the transfer portal right now. I'm getting off track. Hypothetical game is what I'm getting at. Baseball, basketball, football, 
all completely overhauled. Baseball, they lost their best pitchers, but they returned their entire starting lineup. Basketball, seven newcomers in all. And then football, coming back, is one of the best offenses in the SEC and an improving defense potentially with guys like Otis Reese for a full year, Jacob Springer, you name it, Chance Campbell, the transfer from Maryland's coming in. So which of those teams is best positioned to surprise you based on expectations? I mean, I think it's a tie between, obviously, football and baseball. Um, basketball, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I thought last year we had some decent pieces um, going into the year. It seemed like we had a, a really competitive team and wasn't really the case. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, some guys would really have to step up for that team to be a, a postseason team. But I think you can go ahead and put it in the bank that baseball and football are going to have postseason teams. It's just a matter of how good could those teams be. I mean, I, I, I think – you look at baseball, we're at least getting a regional. I look, you look at football, I think we're getting a bowl. But but how good? How good of a bowl? How good of a you know regional? I, I think both of those are are, are to, to be determined. But they each one of them has a chance. Now each one of them has the talent to do something special. Now if it happens, whether it happens or not, who knows? But man, I, I it, it's hard to pick between baseball and football. But I would say just 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 judging off of last year and what we did last year, I really feel like football could have a special year, a surprisingly special year. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's a lot of other analysts that are saying that um, you, you look at, you look at the defense and yeah, it was really bad last year, but man, they've added some pieces and the offense should have, you know, be pretty comfortable and have, have your main piece back, which is your quarterback and, and most of your, most of your starters. So, um, you know, we were pretty close last year. I mean, we, we really were it, considering what we had done the year before, um, not, you know, not not a very good football team to, to what we were this past year was pretty impressive. I think they take another jump and, um, you know, just depending on what other SEC schools do. I know some of the lost, you know, lost some players. So um, I think I think we have a chance to really surprise people in football. See, I would agree with that relative to expectations. Basketball would be the easy answer. But the problem is you have to consider how good the SEC is now and how improved it is in the offseason. What Arkansas did, what Alabama did, Tennessee did. Ole Miss got better, but everybody else got better too. And Ole Miss was one win shy of going to the NCAA tournament last year. I don't know if they necessarily improved enough to overcome how good everybody else got around them. I just don't know if they're necessarily all that much better than they were. And now the SEC is better. Baseball. We know what the ceiling is with baseball. We know that if they get to a place where it's an Omaha advancement opportunity, well, past experience tells you that they're likely not going to punch their ticket. They're one and eight or something like that in Omaha advancement opportunities. So when you consider those things and you consider that in football, Alabama's not returning the key pieces you're used to seeing Alabama returning, right? They're breaking in a new quarterback, breaking in some new skill position players. Now, Ole Miss defensively, we don't, we don't know, but I think everyone believes that at worst, Ole Miss is what a six, seven win team. And at their very yeah. best, they're what ten wins. Yeah, their their floor is certainly six. I mean, okay, you would you you'd be shocked if they if they if they lost they only won five. Something really bad went wrong. Yeah, Matt Crow got hurt or something yeah. like that. Something catastrophic happened. So if the floor is six wins, they have the highest ceiling. They just have the highest ceiling. And also, when you look around them, there's opportunity now that otherwise almost doesn't have because Alabama is not Alabama. Auburn, we don't even know what they're going to be under Brian Harrison in his first year. LSU, they're a mess right now. Now, I think LSU could be sneaky good, but they're a mess right now. You can't argue that Ole Miss is in a worse off place than LSU or Auburn or whatever. Ole Miss has actually got one of the most sure things with Lane Kiffin and Matt Crowd in that offense. 
of any grouping or pairing in the entire conference. So in that way, relative to expectations, yes, expectations are high in football, but I think Ole Miss, because of past experience again, Ole Miss fans, they tend to not get a little too high as far as their expectations because you've just been burned so many times. So even though everyone expects big things, even compared to those expectations, I think that football has the best chance to exceed those expectations. So, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, if, if what if we play the what if game though? So so what if Derek Diamond lives up to his billing and like takes that next step? Gaddis comes in and he's somewhat close to Doug Nikhazy, and then don't um, say Doug Nikhazy because no one is. Say Christian Trent, and I'll I'll get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the, the, by all standards, I mean that this guy's last some odd starts, he was pretty dominant. I think he went seven innings every time. He's a, he, he is a lefty, so. Um, you know, say, say he's somewhat below a notch below Doug Nikhazy and Jack Dory just absolutely takes it to another level where he's, I mean, you got three, you know, maybe have three quality starters. It's just, um, you, know, you just never know. I mean, it's that it, those, those guys can determine. And what if there's one arm that comes out of nowhere that, um, uh, maybe it's a newcomer. That's, that's just a really solid starter. I mean, you just, you just don't know baseball that the rotation will sort, sort itself out, but if that rotation, some, I mean, it's just like defense and football. Almost football and almost baseball is going to be determined by the pitching staff and the defense. Period, because the both offenses are going to be extremely, extremely talented. Whichever one of those groups has has the most improvement or, or steadies out, well, that 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 you know program that um sport will have the best chance to win the championship. It's just crazy to think that going into this year, considering everything almost has been through since I don't know 2016, in 2021-22 the team you're least worried about is football. That's wild. That's wild. Because going into baseball, it's all about Mike Bianco getting to Omaha, and now he has an offense that can hit its way to Omaha. It's going to be one of the very best offenses. It's going to be electric. One of the very best offenses all in college baseball. Can they be competent enough on the mound to allow their offense to just mash people? Because that offense is just going to be so good. I was talking about this with somebody recently. I know that you want to say, well, yeah, Ben, but we've seen this movie before. I agree with you. But when you think about this lineup this year, and Peyton Chatney is coming up in just a minute. Peyton Chatney and Hayden Dunhurst, those guys, they had never played in the postseason before. They'd never gone through the SEC tournament before. They'd never played that many games before. And we just assumed that they were veterans this year, second-year players, and treated them like second-year players compared to past second-year players that played all those games before. Well, they'd never done that, ever. Actually, they were kind of in their first year, just tack on 20 more games. You can't do that, but you get what I'm saying? They, they didn't ever face that kind of pitching before. It was their first experience, too, along with T.J. McCants and Jacob Gonzalez. Well, now, Jacob Gonzalez has been through those wars. T.J. McCants has been through those wars. Peyton Chatier has seen it the postseason firsthand. Hayden Dunhurst firsthand. And now they're in their draft-eligible year, and they're going to have that urgency about them. Tim Elko, he's as experienced as it gets. Kevin Graham being the number three, number four hole hitter and being that bopper, he's felt the weight of those expectations. He knows what that means. I could see that team easily pushing again for Omaha. And you're going to roll your eyes. You're going to say, oh, God, I thought they were losing to Melko. I really did. And there were no good first base options in the portal after the Arizona State dude went to Texas A&M. That's who they were chasing. They thought they were losing Elko, too. But Elko is back, and so is Kevin Graham, and so is Justin Bench. These are veterans, and everyone around them are true veterans now. And they're next-level talents like Jacob Gonzalez. So that offense is going to hit the ground running and be really, really good. So if you want to be down about baseball, I get it. 
Um, I understand what Ole Miss baseball has been under Mike Bianco. Steady as hell, really good, dominant regular season team in the postseason. Comes up short, sometimes disastrous performances in the postseason like Tennessee Tech on Bloody Monday. I understand your trepidation in putting any belief in, the, in Ole Miss baseball. I'm not telling you to do so. I'm just telling you on paper, if you looked at it objectively, they have the offense to easily be one of the very best teams in college baseball next year and push for Omaha, be a host team potentially, if they are competent enough as a pitching staff. So relative to expectations, which are so low right now, you can easily make the case for baseball. Everyone is so down about baseball, and I get it. I promise you I get it. Who's been railing about Mike Bianco not talking about the LSU flirtation for weeks? Me. I'm with you. I get why you're down. But relative to expectations, baseball could surprise you and how good they end up being. Yeah, I, I, I was I was down about them until uh, – I was down about when I thought oh, we were going to lose Elko, Graham, Bench, plus the pitchers. But, man, this lineup is, is going to be legit. Don't get it twisted. That's now, what this I'm is saying. Gonna, I mean, dude, we have <laughs> – you got you got to think two of our better players were freshmen. They're going to take a step. Chad, I mean, dude, this lineup is going to be legit. I'm excited to watch them play. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just figure out the pitching rotation. But but I'm going to tell you right now, this this lineup is who was already one of the best in the nation is going to be pretty much returning one through nine. So um, this, yeah, I'm I don't think there's there any reason to be down on this team. Going to get right back to Bradley Sal with Peyton Chatney coming up in just a little bit. In this edition of Talk of Champions, after I tell you about our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. I'm just looking at the sports, and it's wild that football is the one that no one's worried about. And yes, the bottom could drop out. We are Ole Miss could show up once again and this football team could let you down because Ole Miss lives to let you down. Or they could just live up to those expectations, win seven, eight, nine, ten games, and be really fun. While basketball, another roster overturned, which is just the new normal in basketball anyway. It's not like Ole Miss is unique in that respect. Everybody's overturning their rosters now. So I don't want anybody to jump on the narrative of, oh, well, Kermit feels desperate. No, every coach feels desperate, first of all. But secondly... That's just the new normal, really not only in college basketball, but across the board these days, I guess. But really, it started with college basketball and the freedom of movement with college basketball. So, of course, everybody's going to have new rosters. Still, there is a little bit of a simmer of anxiety with Ole Miss fans about basketball, getting back to the NCAA tournament. Because if you look at the numbers after that 14-2 and start to Kermit's career at Ole Miss, the numbers aren't great. And yes, they got to the NCAA tournament, but they got blown out. They go to the NIT. They're a top four seed for the first time in school history. 
they weren't in any way engaged in that. They really, you could tell they just did not want to be there. And yeah. they got beat. They didn't have two of their better players. Devontae's gone. KJ's gone. I could understand why basketball would have low expectations. Baseball lives to disappoint. Fine. Be down about that. To think that football, after everything the last five years, is the one sport you're not worried about. It feels a little off in every way. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to explain what I'm getting at here. But, like, does it not feel a little bit off? Everything's just a little bit off. Maybe it's just because we're coming off of COVID and we're not used to, we don't remember quite what Ole Miss was, looked like before everything was shut down. But just right now, this July, you look at media days coming up and it just doesn't feel like media days is coming up. It doesn't feel like fall camp is coming up. You can't believe that basketball opens practices, I think, in October. All this stuff is coming back. Everybody's going to be back in the Grove again. I don't know. It's just a weird time. You mentioned at the start of the show, it's July and nothing's really going on. So you just get in your head a little bit. And right now it just feels weird. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think everybody's just, you know, it's kind of like that hangover feeling, you know, it's, um, Hey, it, you know, we had that one really weird year and just everything feels like overwhelming, you know, coming off of that. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I think it, I think it's an odd time because it's a first time in a while where, um, you know, you're kind of comfortable where, Ole Miss programs are, you're kind of excited to go into the year. You got to have some expectation. It's been a couple of years in football where, you, where you've actually could expect something. Um, baseball, I mean, you expect a, another solid team. Basketball, you know, who knows? But um, they've had a lot of turnover that people are excited about. I mean, you got three solid teams that, that everybody's excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be a fun year. It's shaping up to be a cool, fun year. Um, football, I mean, there's a lot of excitement around football. It's just one of those where – you seen what we did last year, you know, what's it going to look like this year? There's a lot of cool newcomers. I mean, I think people are excited to see what that next step is for Ole Miss football, and um, there'll be a lot of eyes on them. And, man, I tell you what, this, there, there's never really been a better opportunity than there is now for Ole Miss, who, who has already been put on the map a little bit nationally because our coach. But, man, we come out there and, and have a really good year and um, be, keep building this momentum. I mean, you're you're talking about really starting to change this program back to, back to where it was um, in the Hugh Freeze time. I think you just answered my real-time Ole Miss existential crisis that I was having as we were recording this, saying that something felt off, something felt weird. If Ole Miss football doesn't live up to whatever expectation it actually is, because I don't think everyone or the consensus – I don't think the consensus is this team has to win 10 games. I think the consensus is eight, nine wins. That's still high. That's still lofty. But 10 wins, be number one in the West, go to Atlanta for the first time in school history – that's not necessarily the expectation. But if football doesn't live up to its expectation, if Ole Miss ends up 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five and going to the Music City Bowl again, the Ole Miss Bowl of Bowls, the Music City Bowl, or the Independence Bowl, for Christ's sake, um, then all of that angst and anger, it always falls on top of basketball to start and then into baseball and the disappointment in the past history of not making it to Omaha. So when you look at basketball... It's all about Kermit Davis getting back to the NCAA tournament, Ole Miss basketball getting back to the NCAA tournament. A lot of focus on the head coaches in basketball and baseball, far more in baseball than basketball. Mike Bianco has made next season all about himself by, first of all, flirting with LSU, but secondly, not talking about it, just completely avoiding it like nothing happened. Kermit Davis, he's doing everything he can, everything possible to get Ole Miss back. So it's totally different situations, but a lot of the focus is on the head coaches. When you think about it, it's kind of crazy when the head coach of almost football is like, Kevin, 
you answered my question for me. So thank you for that. Now I get it. If Ole Miss football doesn't live up to expectations, whatever that is, seven, eight, nine wins for you, if it doesn't live up to your expectations, then man, oh, just the overall general vibe of Ole Miss athletics with the fan base is going to be something. All right. We've been kind of rambling on here, and I actually want to touch on something before we get to Peyton Chatney. So I was reading a scouting report, an NFL draft scouting report. Who wrote this? Josh Edwards, CBS Sports NFL draft reporter. Talking about Matt Corral going into his last year at Ole Miss. Let's be real. He's going to go to the draft after this year. When evaluating Corral, this is what Edwards wrote. When evaluating Corral, you have to start with the Ole Miss offense. It's primarily read and react from the quarterback's perspective. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Which means that he's being asked to process things quickly. At the same time, he often goes to his first read. Well, we saw that. He sometimes got a little caught up in going and just staying with his first read. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I, I think this offense, you know, it, it's kind of designed for that. Um, but there, there, there are multiple. You know, obviously there's multiple reads in there. But, but for the most part, a lot, a lot of this action. You know, they may throw a quick slant. They may, they may have a deep ball versus a cover two down the down the middle over the seam. Something. So the, a lot of it is is designed for. For that big first read, and then then secondly, there's a lot of check down stuff in there from the safety valve. So, um, yeah, it, it's a big play one read offense. So, so a lot of it's by design. Okay, there's going to be some adjustment walking into any NFL offense, but I think one that allows him to move the pocket and make plays on the run is his best fit. He throws with good touch. He's tough. There are enough intriguing traits to warrant day two consideration, but I wouldn't be comfortable taking him in the first round right now. Okay, but here's the scouting report. From the Action Network. Strengths, natural throwing talent, duh. Accurate to all areas of the field, okay. Aggressive in attacking defenses deep, yeah. Middling athleticism, 4.840 yard dash at 196 as a recruit. He's not a recruit, and middling makes it sound like he's some run-of-the-mill athletic football player, which is not the case if you watch him at all. I'd say, at worst, he's, what, above average? But to call him middling just seems a little... I don't know off, but here's what I want to get to because look, you're good at the scouting stuff now. And people, Doug, what you did the other day, breaking down those commitments for Ole Miss football, undersized at six one two oh five, that's true. And NFL quarterbacks at six one and under, you just usually don't see success. That's why Drew Brees was such a big story once he became good because he kind of bucked the trend of if you're six one or lower, you're usually not one that's going to be particularly successful, if successful at all in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks are tough, man. I mean, it's. Um... I think Matt Corral has the has the the throwing ability. He has he definitely has the arm to play at the next level. It's just a matter of, of who who evaluates him and 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 who actually likes him and, and wants to give him a chance and draft him up there, put him in offense, design the offense for him. There's just so many factors that go into a quarterback. Like think about this. Think about Lamar Jackson at, at quarterback in the NFL. There's a team that drafted him, designed a whole offense for him. He can't throw that great, but they don't ever ask him to throw a, a ton more than than you know than he's supposed to. He uses his legs to make plays. What the Baltimore Ravens do is designed for for Lamar Jackson. Now, if Lamar Jackson went down to New Orleans and they put him under center and made him do you know drop back Drew Brees stuff, he probably doesn't make it past a couple games. But you know, it's, it's no different with Matt Corral or any other quarterback. Um, you know, when, when drafting him, it's going to take a team who really likes him and designs stuff for him. And um, and you're right. He's probably going to be better out of the gun, and he's probably going to be better, you know, moving around and and some play action type stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a, he certainly has the talent to 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 be a draft pick and to go to the next level. It's just a matter of what kind of opportunity he's he's afforded when he gets there. The signs of summer are here. 
freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Right, which is why I took issue with the next, quote, weakness, which says stat inflating offensive system. Every offensive system or the majority of offensive systems, not just in college anymore, but in the NFL, are stat inflating offensive systems. All the rule changes in the NFL have been to the benefit, for the most part, of the offense. They want more offense. So to say stat inflating that's disingenuous because if you look at college football, I don't know, name Stanford, Michigan, maybe they're the only ones still running traditional offenses. Even Alabama, which Lane Kiffin ushered in for Nick Saban, the modern day college football game is about stat inflation, getting to the huddle quickly, surveying the offense, snapping the ball quickly, as many plays as possible that you can run in a single game. So to make that a weakness for Matt Corral when pretty much every quarterback of note, for example, Matt Howell at North Carolina, right now considered a top two NFL quarterback prospect for next season. He's in Phil Longo's offensive system. That's exactly what that is. So how can you use it against Matt Corral? Yeah, but here's the thing with the stat of play. Who cares? I mean, honestly, these quarterbacks aren't judged off their stats. I mean, yeah, yeah, you want them to have good stats, but at the end of the day, you're judged off what throws you can make. And it's not like our offense is just a bunch of screens and and quick throws, um, you know, out to the out to the flat to get yards. I mean, we we go down. He goes downfield with the ball, and that's what he's going to be judged off of anyway. So, um, no matter what the stats are, I mean, he, he can he make the throws um, that are that are necessary for the NFL, and he certainly has the arm talent to do it. So, you know, stat inflation that's that that, that doesn't that plays none into the evaluation unless he's just throwing a ton of interceptions, but. Um, yeah, who, I mean, they're, they're going to judge them off how, what, you know, 
what how how he how he looks at the field and how he can throw the ball and for the most part he can make most of the throws fairly accurate and has a has a damn good arm doing it. See, undersized makes sense. That's a legitimate weakness because six one past history has shown with most quarterbacks that measure like that, they're far more bust than there are success stories. That's why again Drew Brees was such a story when he became successful and kind of paved the way for undersized quarterbacks. But stat inflation makes no sense. Same thing for the next weakness, gunslinging mentality. And I'm asking these questions because I honestly don't know. Gunslinging mentality that results in turnovers. Well, yeah, if you look at the stat sheet, he says 14 interceptions in 10 games last year. 11 of them came in two games. You first say stat inflating offensive system. And then you turn around and knock him for 14 turnovers, which, yes, on paper look bad. But you're only going by the stats. You're knocking him for stats while also knocking him with stats, if that makes sense. If you actually dove into it and provide context for it and broke down his film, you know where those interceptions came from. And one of them was a really bad game early. And this is his first full year starting as the starting quarterback every single game for Ole Miss football. Yeah, he's he's certain just looking at the stats. Yeah, I would say that that's 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 okay. I mean, that's I would say it's a fair assessment over the grand scope of his career. Um, you know, that's kind of been the the thing with him. Is, yeah, like um, if he doesn't improve it, then that's yeah, yeah. He he's kind of been a little wild with the ball at times. But I will say this: this year he showed he showed really big improvement in that area. I thought I thought a lot of games he just and there was multiple games where he just went out there and took what they gave him. You know, hit hit stuff over the middle, hit check downs. You know, hit hit the throws he was supposed to and didn't really try to force it. Now there's times where he he does get a little crazy and had the had the bad games, but for the most part, man, I, I think that the arrow's pointing up, the projections pointing up on, on on that part of his game. And now if he comes out this year and throws a bunch of interception games, and then it's gonna be really hard for him to go high in the draft. But he, he, this year, if he comes out and and shows, hey, man, I'm not gonna do that that crazy stuff anymore, and, and really takes the next step like he did this past year, he'll be fine. He'll put that to bed bed pretty quickly. And the last one, without number one wide receiver Elijah Moore in 2021, that is listed as a weakness, which makes no sense. Elijah Moore, without a quarterback, did nothing stat-wise. So how can you knock Matt Corral for not having Elijah Moore before he's even worked without Elijah Moore? Yes, if he performs poorly without him, then you can make that criticism. But part of the reason why Elijah Moore's stock went up, everyone knew here locally, because we attended all the practices, how good Elijah Moore was. We knew how good of a route runner he was. Anybody could see that. Any football layman could watch it and see that and go, wow, he's really good. They just have nobody to get him the ball in this archaic offensive system under Rich Rodriguez. We all knew the talent was there. It was opened up under Lane Kiffin with a quarterback and Matt Crowell that could get him the ball. That was by design. Lane Kiffin, that's how he designs his offense. He told Elijah Moore when he got to campus, be prepared to break records. And that's what he did. Now, without Elijah Moore... Lane Kiffin will adapt, and he will scheme for John Rice Plumley, who's right now working exclusively with the wide receivers, as we predicted he would do. He's going to play a Percy Harvin-like role, where he's in the backfield, he's at wide receiver, running all these different spots. They're going to put him in different spots. Jerry Ely, you could see him in the slot a little bit. Now these offensive weapons that he has at his disposal, he's going to use them and utilize them more, but why would you not take advantage of an Elijah Moore knowing how good he was? But you have to have a quarterback that can get him the ball. So Elijah Moore gets all this credit, as he should, well-earned, deserved it, goes in the second round, and yet his quarterback right now in the preseason as we enter into the fall is getting dinged for that production? That makes no sense. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, listen, we get it. Elijah Moore's a special, great player, but 
Uh, Matt, Matt Corral threw for 300 yards. I mean, maybe even 350 every game after, you know, Elijah opted out. So um, but I know he threw for 380 versus State and then 340 in the bowl game. I don't know. LSU, I think, was pretty good too, minus all the turnovers. But yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, I would say that that's even more impressive. You know, when he did lose Elijah Moore, he still kept up the production and, and, and made it, made it work with what he had. So, um, you know, yeah, he's, I don't think that's a fair assessment saying he's going to lose his receiver because obviously you you have to have your quarterback to get it to him. Um, but yeah, he still put up put up awesome stats with with what we had later in the year, and I think this year he'll have multiple options to go to, and and he'll he'll do just fine. He'll he won't struggle to throw for three hundred yards a game. I can promise you that. If a Matt Corral leads Ole Miss to eight nine wins, and he puts up the exact same stats as he did last year, and you're right, you make a good point. When Elijah opted out, he still threw for 350 yards per game or whatever it was. He was the reason why Ole Miss won the Outback Bowl, right, against number 11 Indiana. If he goes out and leads Ole Miss to 8-9 wins and puts up those stats, you can knock him for his size. When he goes to the combine, when they measure his hands, isn't that a thing? Yeah, it's real, though. Why? Because, man, I'm telling you, like, like when, in, when those rainy conditions, the NFL ball is big. And I've played with a quarterback before. I'm not gonna say his name. That we literally lost a game because of his hands. Mitch <laughs> Trubisky? Is that what you, okay. No, you don't have to know what. Trubisky had huge hands. Um, but no, there's yeah, I've seen it like absolutely lose a game for a team. So I think they're they're a little bit they're but probably cautious on there because when it rains, man, those balls are like I'm telling you, NFL balls. I don't know how a quarterback throws those things. Like they're 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 so like slick. I mean, that they have to really add some texture to them. But yeah. You, I, I, I mean, I, I do think it is a bit of a deal. Um, you know, you, when we played the so those Rams, we played the Rams one time, and, and Jared Goff has really small hands apparently. And um, you know, we they talked about it all week how he would struggle to throw because it was like, I mean, it was December the fifth, so it was twenty five degrees, probably wind chill ten. And if you go and look at his stats, man, he couldn't. I mean, he literally was throwing balls in the dirt. It was it was unreal. That was after that's when they had like the number one offense. So hands hands are I, I do think they play a big big role especially if you're a, a, a cold team draft and a quarterback like a weather weather city um yeah i think that goes into about uh, matt crowley he's, he's not gonna have small hands well that makes a lot of sense now that's why i ask you those are legitimate criticisms but his ability to throw the ball or knocking him for his gunslinging mentality or his stat inflating offensive system or being without elijah war that just seems like canned lazy criticism if he does do what we think he can do, and that's lead old mistake nine wins because we got to get to Peyton Chattanooga. Throws for all the yards, all the points. Where does he go? Even at six one, I would say if he has if if he does really good this year and does the exact same thing he did last year, I think second third round somewhere in there. Um, it, but here's the thing: all it takes is one team to love you, and quarterbacks are really hard, man. I mean, dude, it can be one team that loves you, and all of a sudden you're you know, you're right there in the first round. So quarterback, I mean, quarterbacks is kind of a weird deal. I mean, I, I think he, I think he's on pace to be a good second or third round pick. Um, just depending on where he goes situation wise and, um, you know, who needs a quarterback. So that's always tough. I mean, you, you won't know until you get there. Um, but I, I think he's, if he, if he balls out this year and plays really, really well, he put, he's going to put himself in that second, third round range somewhere in there. Is Drew Locke a fair comparison? No, I think he, I think he's a little smoother than Drew Locke. Drew okay. Locke's kind of I, I never really, I never really liked Drew Locke's game. If I had to compare him to somebody, I only said Drew Locke know. because Toolsy, big big arm, but there are some question marks there. 
I don't think Drew Locke's particularly I, huge or anything. You know what? Honestly, I think he's a lot like the kid that just went from BYU. I think uh, matter, oh, matter Zach, fact, Zach I actually Wilson remember. Then. Okay. So I actually remember a scout saying that he was a lot like Zach. I mean, I almost compared him to exactly to Zach Wilson. Okay. I, I've, and I've never watched Zach Wilson other than like a couple highlights, but. I have actually, when I'm speaking with a scout, he has said that um, that he could be like the Zach Wilson. Well, boom, now we got a first rounder. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OmeSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Peyton Chatney. We did it, man. A July day in which we had nothing to talk about. We talked about something for about 35, 40 minutes. Good for us. I thought we would not get through this one at all. We honestly had no clue what to talk about. <laughs> I feel like every every time we come on, we're like, all right, what are we going to talk about? It? Who knows? Let's just hit play. And then, yeah. and then we just record. People always ask me, hey, do you guys like have a script? I'm like, no, dude. We just I call wish. each other and we say, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah I wish we had a script. It would be so no, much easier. It would be so much easier. <laughs> and I, feel, I really do feel like we stumbled onto something with your scouting reports. So what I might do before next week's first podcast is send you like three newcomers' names that are going to be playing for Ole Miss in the fall and make you go watch their old film from 247, Rivals, wherever you want to watch your film, and let you break them down like Markevious Brown and guys like that, Tysheem Johnson. Because we should have done yeah, that, that recruiting. Why didn't we do that? I, I mean, again, we don't prepare, so that's why we didn't do it. Still. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, just – yeah, that, that'll be fun. Maybe we'll do some of um, the current recruits coming in. Boom, and a mailbag, too. He's Bradley Sell. Thanks, buddy. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Peyton Chattanooga. Before we do, let's hear from B&A Bank and Chinese Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Chaney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Chaney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Chaney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Chaney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. 
This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Ole Miss second baseman Peyton Chatagnier. Hey, buddy, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Sorry, I'm outside right now. The host family were saying that there's still some people sleeping, so I got to be outside. Hopefully, it's not too loud. Oh, 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 see, I didn't know that. How many people do you stay with? I, I remember the host family thing. I'm talking to other guys. When you go to the Cape or you go to any summer league, you got to stay with host families. How many other guys are you staying with? Um, I'm just with one other guy. I was originally going to be with like three other guys, but then that host family was like, no, nah, that'll be too many people. So now I'm with another family. So just one, one uh, player, one um, host brother, and then the two parents. Do you at least have your own room? No. Uh-uh. Oh, no. no. Sharing a room, and I'm sleeping on a twin bedroom that squeaks – Every time you move at all. Yeah, that's dangerous, buddy. <laughs> How do you get privacy? Yeah, there is none. There is none at all. Luckily, I, I like my uh, um, the teammate I'm staying with. If not, that would be really bad. So I'm looking at stats here. Six home runs to lead the team. Second with 13 RBI. 300 batting average. I don't care about batting average. That's not really indicative of how good of a baseball player is offensively. So six home runs, man. Are you shooting for more power? <laughs> No, man, I'm not trying to at all. <laughs> it's been a crazy summer, though. It's been a lot of fun, but no. What no, has the focus been for you then? What have you kind of approached it like? Um, There's been a couple of mechanical things I've been trying to fix, just um, small adjustments towards m- with my swing. The main thing is, like, if you go back and look at some video of me this last season, I was so, like, crunched over in my swing. And I wish I knew why, but it was just like what was comfortable. But I think it was really, um, it was kind of making it tough on me to be able to see pitches and, and uh, get to certain balls. So so the main thing I'm trying to do is, is stay upright a little bit more in my swing. And then I'm trying to have my hands up a little bit more. That's basically the two things. The other thing is I'm trying to quiet, quiet my load a little bit, just make everything a little bit so, softer and slower. But it's been going well. I like it a lot. How do you quiet a load that starts with you holding the bat up like you're pointing into the pitcher? <laughs> see, see, that, that's like, uh, that's before, that's before the load because oh, okay. I can't count. <laughs> but yeah, I still got that. Don't worry. All right, all right. Well, see, I always thought that was all a part of a load. You know, I know how when you're like loading up to swing the pitch and stuff, I was like, I don't know if your whole process is from that all the way to contact with the ball or if that's just like the trigger to get you set up. I, I never understood what that does for you. It does absolutely nothing. Like I promise you, I have no idea why I do it. Um, it has just been a thing that I've done now, and and it's gonna have to stay. Uh, you probably started doing that in little league, and now you just are doing it playing in college. I guess. I guess. I I really don't know. And everyone asks me, and I'm like, I look. I promise you, I have absolutely no idea. Like I'm not trying to show up the pitcher. I'm not trying to, you know, mess up his timing or whatever people want to say. Like, I just do it, and I wish I knew why, but I don't. Well, first of all. If you were trying to mess with a pitcher, that's brilliant. Why wouldn't you try to do that? See, I hate the whole, like, respect the game stuff because it's nonsense. Yeah. Right? You're trying to beat him. It's one-on-one. So if you hit a tank for 420 feet, forgive me, I'm going to probably show up the pitcher because I just beat the crap out of him. Like, I've never gotten that part of baseball, like, why people think you got to adhere to some bull crap, unwritten rules. For sure, I would like to have homers, but I don't always have no doubter, so it's kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you did hit a no doubter, like an absolute tank, when Tim Oko hit the one that bounced off the batter's eye, for example. 
How does Peyton Chatney pip a home run? I think it would depend on the situation. See, if we were playing like uh, Mississippi State, you know, and we're down or something, I hit a homer and we tie it or we take the lead. Like, if it's a bigger situation, I'll for sure, I'll give it a, a couple walks, split my bat a little bit, and then jog the rest of the way. But if not, the only thing I'll really do is just, um, I kind of hit it, I let go of the bat really quick, and then I just jog look and look at it the whole time. I try not to do too much just because it'll really, you know, if the pitcher's fifth, now <laughs> then he'll throw it the next guy behind me. But um, if I, if it was, if it was, a bigger situation, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a nice bat flip and, and a nice jog. But okay, good. I'm going to take total credit for it when you do that. Just be ready. <laughs> I'm going to take credit for it. I mean, in MLB The Show, my guys are like throwing the bat back at the pitcher. So, I mean, <laughs> for you, you ran into that little stretch where you were struggling during the middle of the year. Is that what's kind of led you to try to make some adjustments? Because you started to come around then back to what we were used to seeing in the postseason. You hit really well and stuff like that. But was it that stretch where you were struggling to get things going maybe that resulted in you wanting to make some changes? Yeah, 100%. And as much as like it sounds really weird, but I think that struggle actually really helped me out. Um, it, it, I learned a lot of things with, with myself and with my swing through all that um, that I was going through. But, yeah, I'm definitely having to make some adjustments. But the biggest thing to me – whenever I was going through that, which I wish I could have changed is I was just trying to do way too much. Like now that I was struggling at that time, like I was just, I was trying to do you know more than what I, what, what I should have done. Like got out of, out of my playing style and, you know, try to get back to doing some things. But um, yeah, for sure. I, for sure. I made some adjustments because of that 100%. For this team in particular, it felt like you always had to deal with something. It was Tim going down. It was Gunner, whatever. I mean, even earlier in the year, you had guys getting hurt and being lost for a couple of weeks. You were lost for a couple of weeks because of the hamstring after opening weekend. For that team to overcome, right, and then to get as far as you did but still fall short, does it make the sting that much more? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know why, but it just it just felt like, you know, we went through so much throughout the year, like you were saying, with everyone getting hurt. It felt like we were destined to win the whole thing. It really did. Like, it just felt like, you know, we've struggled so much. We've came through it. Now it's our time to shine. Um, and obviously it didn't go that way, but it was still a really fun season, and I'm glad we're going to have just about everybody back. It's, it's going to be even more crazy next year. That was going to be my next question. Doug goes, Gunner goes, Jackson Job goes. We knew that was all going to happen. Taylor Broadway went in the sixth, but the lineup, y'all running it back. Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, um, just to have Tim and Kat's presence, you know, as an older guy and as, as leaders, it's gonna it's gonna really help us out a lot. Um, obviously, they're great players, and hopefully, Tim can be back to 100. percent I don't know how long it's gonna take him, but it's gonna be huge for the team. I mean, it definitely sucks losing Doug and Gunner, Ole and Broadway, but they are they are meant to be. That's they're great pitchers. They should have gone. Um, and I heard I heard Joe was obviously a really good pitcher too, but. It is what it is. We'll find pitchers, but it, it is really nice to have everybody back. Yeah, the offense. Even with all the injuries and stuff, y'all finished as a top five offense in the SEC, a powerful mm-hmm. lineup. What do you think y'all could be better with in particular for an offense that was already really good? Yeah, I think the times that, like in the games that we lost, a lot of times if you look back, we had an opportunity to score. Um, we were just going to get it done. So if we could be better at just, um, you know, scoring runs, doing better with the runners in scoring position, I think that would really help out. And that's just, um, I don't want to say that's like, you know, per player or anything like that, just 
it depends on the situation and how it may have came about. I mean, but also, yeah, we also struck out a lot as a team. I feel like we hit a lot of home runs. We also strike out a lot. So if we could cut down on strikeouts and if we could, uh, do better with runners in scoring position, I think we do really well. Okay. So me being completely analytical and I don't care about strikeouts. I'm about three outcomes, the three true outcomes, home runs, strikeouts, walks. But do you think there is a happy medium for those that say strikeouts are bad and those like me that say strikeouts don't matter at all? Is there a happy medium? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And honestly, I think I would agree with you more than I would agree with the other side. Like strikeouts, I, I think, you know, a ton of them, a ton of strikeouts do matter. But for the most part, it's not, it's not the end of the deal at it's just the main thing is if we strike out with the runners in scoring position, then that's where we get into some issues. But everyone's going to strike out. Everyone's going to go through it. So it is what it is. Yeah, see, that's why I like you, man. That's why we're on the same page. That's why I like <laughs> you. Okay, so I look at, like I said, the stats for the Firebirds, and you're playing short, your natural position. Now, obviously, one of you, Jacob, or TJ is going to play short. Jacob could play third. You played third. TJ can maybe play third. Does it matter who plays where? If I'm being completely honest with you, if you would have asked me this last year, yeah. Yeah, I would have cared. But now that I've, I've played second, you know, two years in a row now, I've um, grown to really like it. I've got comfortable there. Like, I, I honestly don't care. Whoever they need me. You look natural um, there. I mean, at this point, second base is yours, man. You own it. Yeah, I've I've really never played there before college. But now that, you know, we worked a lot with it. My freshman season, just a couple of things. So there's some things that were like unnatural to me, but other than that, now now it's great. So really, no, I don't care. I mean, whoever ends up playing short, you know, whether it's Jacob, TJ, me, JB, I have no idea how, what, I, what it's going to be like. But at the end of the day, Coach B is going to go out there and put out the best player, so you know, to win. So that's the right answer. <laughs> that's the right answer. I get it. But here's why I ask: because people probably listen to this and go, "What are you talking about?" Jacob was the D1 freshman of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. his body type, man, he's going to keep adding weight. And before he got to Ole Miss, all I'd heard from a number of different people was he's going to grow out a shortstop and going to be a third baseman. That's my question. Whoever plays third, how much of a difference is that? 100%. So I played third, I think, maybe only one game this yeah, season. One game. And let me tell you, it is like it is a completely different game over there. Like it is completely different. Just, just the view and like um, how early you have to you know get set, and then you don't really have time to move your feet and like get your timing for fielding a ground ball. Like it is completely different over there. So that would have to be another thing that I would have to get used to. But it is what it is. I think Jacob's a good enough defender. Wherever he plays, he'll be good. I don't know. That's why I feel like he's the most natural move to third. Anyway, we're getting carried away here. Sorry about that. Looking around though. <laughs> the other guys that are doing well in the summer league ball, do you keep up with them? Like Kemp Alderman, for example, playing at the Cal Ripken. Yeah, I think he's like yeah. hitting seven bombs, got a OBP well over 400, 300 average, all that kind of stuff. Do you keep up with other guys? Yeah. I'm, uh, me and Kemp have been um, Snapchatting and Snapchat texting back um, about everything. Cause he's just going off, man. And I mean, if you've ever watched Kemp take BP, the kid hits balls further than I've ever seen anybody hit a baseball uh, he's got so much strength so much power it's unreal so if he can actually translate that to the game like he is in the summer that'll be huge for our lineup 
Going to get right back to Peyton Chatagnier, Ole Miss second baseman, in this edition of Talk of Champions, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You have to see it yourself in BP to know how far that kid can hit a baseball. But consistent contact, if you're trying to help out a guy like Kemp, who was striking at like a 60% clip or something crazy, what is the advice? Is it shortening mm-hmm. up? It's sacrificing one area to improve another area? Like, how do you do that? I think the main thing I would tell him, kind of like I was saying earlier, is like, don't get, don't get carried away. Don't try to do too much because you are struggling now. Like, stick to what you've been doing. Um, the only main thing I would say is, is just, I would tell him to be a lot slower, like calm down. It's kind of like what I'm doing literally right now about, um, quieting my load, just make it a lot slower earlier. I mean, load earlier, but then load slower and it'll be, help you be able to see the ball through a lot better, but it's just going to take a lot of reps for, for guys like that. Um, I really hope he can come around cause that'd be huge. Do you feel like a vet now? A little bit, a little bit. You're um, a third-year guy. I, mean, I know you're a COVID sophomore. I know. Let's stop. You're a junior. <laughs> we'll see more this year. But, like, I, I definitely had some times when the freshman, even last year, would ask me, you know, just random things that, you know, they weren't sure about. And it was cool to be able to, like, um, already kind of be a um, a mentor or a leader to certain guys. So it's cool. But, yeah, I'm excited about that part for sure. The draft-eligible year is always something i got to ask guys going into it. Because, look, you've been working – to get to this moment, and now you're at that moment, you're going to say, oh, I'm putting it in the back of my brain. I'm not thinking about it. But you are. Come on, man. You are. So how do you approach it? <laughs> it's going to be something that like um, I'm going to have to almost put in the back of my head if I want to do well. Because I think the more you think about it, the worse it's going to be for you. But, yeah, it's, it, it, it'll, it'll be an interesting year. I'm not really sure how everything's going to work out for everybody. But at the end of the day, you have to do good to get drafted. So <laughs> that's about as good um, as you could go. With I don't that know thing. if I'm going to necessarily be thinking about it every day, but I know it will be in the back of my head, like uh, um, when throughout the season, 100. percent Yeah, that's a good answer. Okay, one of the last things I'll let you go. Mention about running the lineup back and all that kind of stuff. Tim, in particular, uh, getting him back, not just from an offensive standpoint, hopefully getting him back completely healthy and all that stuff, but just from what he brings as a captain. As a leader, getting that particular player back, how important is that, do you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like you said, it's impossible to not like the kid. Um, he's, such an, he's such an awesome dude, and he really is a great captain. Like, I made that tweet the other day about you know, God's letting us have Tim for just, like, even if he wasn't in the lineup, like when he was actually hurt and not playing, you know, 
he just helps like just his presence being there really helps us out and his his confidence and he brings a lot of energy and it's just really cool to see he's he's an awesome captain so it's gonna be really cool to have him back whether I don't know what what, he, what exactly he's gonna be able to do if everything's healthy I'm not sure honestly how it all works hopefully he is but it's gonna be really cool to have him back for sure look you're already motivated to get to Omaha the in-state rival won a national championship that probably made it a little bit worse for y'all made you a little bit more hungry mm-hmm so now yep. going into the year, is it just, God dang it, got to get to Omaha? Yeah, 100%. That's obviously part of the, the whole goal of winning it all is you have to get to Omaha. But, yeah, after that loss, I mean, that's exactly how it is. It's, it's just like, I mean, dang, like, you know, why can't we do it? Why can't we get there? Hopefully it'll be different this year. And, and I just felt so bad, especially, I mean, for all the seniors in fact, but even for Coach B, because I'm sure he's thinking the same dang thing. Like, man, like what is going on? And and you know, it's obviously not his fault; it's players' fault. But I'm just saying, like, it's tough on everybody for sure. So it makes it it makes it even better um, when you do make though. I feel like you and a couple of other guys are good about flushing that kind of stuff because a normal human being and y'all are humans, so y'all deal with it. But I feel like <laughs> when you get in that situation again next year, potentially, it's a game three, a deciding game three. It's not going to be in the back of your mind. Oh God, it's happening again, right? Y'all can flush that stuff. Yeah. Is that easier to do when you're in it every single day because every single team is different, or is there something to it that, yeah, you you kind of got to get over the mental hurdle of it? Well, you definitely have to get over the mental hurdle of it. I mean, it's it's not easy to do. Like it, it'll still, I think, without a doubt, be like um, lingering in the back of your mind if you can't if you can't find a way to get rid of it, but. It's it's kind of back to like the almost the same thing with um, the draft question. Like the more you think about it, the worse it's going to be for you because then you're just going to put more pressure on yourself and and yada yada yada. So um, hopefully now the experience, which I I do think it will help even more. Um, a lot of us now have experience of making it that far because a lot of us on that team have never never even gone to you know a regional or a super regional or anything like that an SEC tournament. So it'll be. Uh, It'll be good to have that experience under our belt and maybe calm us down. But, but I feel good about this team. And especially that we got everybody back, it's, it's going to be insane. That's what I'm saying. Look, the team that you lost to did it through offense. So even if y'all are going to have pitchers, you're not going to fall off the face of the earth with pitching. But that Arizona yeah. team was built around an offense that just mashed. So getting the whole group yeah. back, well, now you got the blueprint, buddy. Exactly. I mean, honestly, Arizona, they were – damn good team that weekend but you know honestly it's no knock on the pitchers but i didn't think they're the best pitchers in the country like there's nothing absolutely special about them um it was just their offense that could freaking hit so well so so if we could do that then yeah, yeah. it really doesn't matter too much about the pitching yeah these we'll six home it. runs you got in the summer just make them you know 10 to 12 whatever it might be you keep rolling exactly three true outcome team <laughs> they'll be great uh last thing before i let you go what do you do when you're not playing baseball up there in the gate uh, I'm gonna be honest. It is very boring. <laughs> like there is not, there's really not much to do. I mean, luckily my host family is super cool, and um, we got to go out on a boat last last off day, go fishing and stuff like that. But the only thing you can really do is go to the beach. Oh, we feel <laughs> so sorry for you on that one, man. I mean, God, I thought you were talking yeah, about half the time. I thought you were talking about like you were living like New Albany, Mississippi, like me though. And just hanging out, <laughs> just staring at cows. But no, you get the beach. Oh God, I'm crying for you. 
look, look, we it's just because we don't have much time. We don't have really. I can't spend the whole day at the beach. It's, it's impossible. So <laughs> I don't know. You could do like the sandlot and do pool honeys and go after the hot girls that might be at the pool. That's that, that's my advice. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Go do your thing. All right. Well, keep it up yeah. and uh, look forward to getting you back. When are you getting back? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Because it's how far we go here too. Like um, I think we can go play up up until like August thirteenth here, and then I don't know whenever they need me up. I always wanted to ask you two questions. All right, one question: How often, as you were growing up, did people butcher your last name? Like, say, Chattanger or something stupid? Oh, every single time. Okay. Not then. It then it became like a when I started playing high school. Well, there was teams that would like the opposed. Thing announcer would do it on purpose. Like you could just tell they were messing around with it. But I'm so used to it, I don't care. Number two, has anybody told you that you sound like Justin Bieber? No, dude, you totally <laughs> no, talk like yet. Justin Bieber. And you might be saying, "Wait, Ben, you're hey, look, 36 could, years old. If I could sing like him. If Boy, I could yeah. sing like him, now now we're talking. But yeah. talking is a little different. <laughs> yeah, because you're saying, Ben, wait, you're 36 years old. Why do you know how Justin Bieber talks? Yeah. I got two daughters, man. They're eight and five. <laughs> My, my yeah. daughter walks in a second ago. She's hearing you talk. She goes, who is that? I said, oh, I'm talking to a baseball player. She went, he sounds like Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. <laughs> Neat. So there I would you love go. to be able to sing like Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, there. You know what we're going to do? Well, I, I'm going like, to get you to like, leave a voicemail on my phone and go, hey, Gracie, look who called you. Oh, my God. It's just oh, a, definitely do it. Look at us. Well, the last time we talked, I tried to get you to get an old school walkout song, and you still think something newish and lame. Like, what are you doing? Well, honestly, I freaked out. Like, I totally—it was a total freak out call. Cause, like, I had—I really had not planned for it. And then they texted me like, "Hey, we need your song in now." And so I was like, "All right, here you go." And I just did one off the top of my head, but I got to give it more thought for okay, sure. Okay, if year. I send that was you, bad. if I send you, I'm gonna like crowdsource it, and I send you six suggestions, but it can't be anything. After 2010, okay? Crowdsource it, <laughs> six songs. Will you promise to pick one? I will I will at least look at them, Okay. Right? I can't uh, promise I'm going to pick it. Okay. What do you think I'm going to do? Give you <laughs> friggin' Avril Lavigne or something? I give you something good. I don't know. I mean, I still listen to the same music. Ah, oh, whatever. You young cats and you're Snapchatting and you're <laughs> Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like literally me and Kemp are talking on Snapchat. Like we don't yeah, talk. Yeah. Isn't that dumb? And then y'all are gonna like get some Migo <laughs> song or something. I don't know. Not a lot of you kids these days. Well, anyway, now I'm gonna sound like an old man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. No problem. Thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.